Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Greetings, uh, Homo sapiens. It's a podcast uh, where we talk about life from a queer perspective. It's episode, hmm, 200 and something, tends to be my answer. And you find me doing my favourite thing in the world, DIY. It's important I admit something embarrassing while I explain what I'm doing. So I've got a cupboard, right, in my house, and it's got shoes in it, uh, in the hallway. And it's just a whole mess of shoes, all different shoes in all different shelves. So you know what I did? I'm having a Mrs. Hinch moment, and I've bought little plaques, little labels for the shelves. And so everyone knows where everything goes. Even I think it's a bit mad, but it makes me really happy. I love labeling. I love a filing system. So that's what I'm doing. I had them done, little metal plaques. Obviously I'm gonna show you a picture, which I'll upload. And you can all decide what level of mind has been lost. And I just honestly, there is nothing that makes me happier. So that's what I'm doing. I'm measuring out where I put, where I drill my little holes. As a wise man once said, measure once, cut twice. No, measure twice, cut once. That would be, uh, that was the saying. And so 57 centimetres divided by two. Has anyone got a calculator? Well, 60, I'm going to call it 30 then. 30 is the midpoint. I'm a little impatient. So I tend to be the sort of person who's trying to do it while, well, case in point, I'm doing it while I'm doing a podcast. I'm not capable of sort of doing it properly. Why is that, Chris? Well, because I feel like I probably be doing something else. So that's six centimetres long. So I've got my first hole that I can screw in. And while we're thinking about that, should we have a conversation about what we're doing today on Homo Sapiens? Because that's probably, that's probably why you're here. I imagine you didn't come to hear me put labels on my shelves, although 
you know, come for the podcast, stay for the shelves. What are we doing today? Let's have a look. Now, today is um, a special bonus episode celebrating Trans Parent Day, because yesterday we celebrated Trans Parent Day, which is basically a day to honour trans parents and the parents of trans children. It's all part of Trans Awareness Month, which we are going to be celebrating all throughout the month. And we're marking Transparent Day by speaking to a brilliant family called the Feelys. Now, Jackson Feely is an activist and Jackson is the man who organised the rally at 10 Downing Street recently for trans rights. And he has previously been in the RAF. He was a prison guard and is actually in the Channel 4 show banged up as one of the prison guards. And he decided to transition when he was 27 years old and he had the full support of his amazing family. And so Jackson and his mum, Sharon, have come by Homo Sapiens Towers today to talk to us all about their story. And together we've created an episode on, which is sort of a guide for how to support your child through transition. There's also an incredible article from The Cut that I'm gonna post in the show notes, which is a guide on how to help your child who's questioning their gender. And it's really, really good. It's American, so there's some bits of it which are not so helpful around healthcare, but we talked to Jax actually about healthcare and stuff to sort of cover off that part of it. Many, many specifics and many, many more resources also in the episode description um, because there's loads of different really brilliant resources out there. So it's just an amazing episode, this. These two are just bring a tear to my eye. And Jax is such an amazing person because he just has this quality about him. I don't know what it is. Some people have it. He's just magnetic. And I'm so thrilled with the amazing work he's doing. They are just an incredible family who I just learned so much talking to them. So that's coming up in Uno Momento. Prior to that, just a little reminder, get in touch. If this episode resonates with you, hello at homosapienspodcast.com. Tell us what you thought about the episode, anything else you'd like us to do during Trans Awareness Month. Stay connected on Instagram at homosapiens. And without further ado, let's go talk to Jax and his mum, Sharon, who was so scared and actually, of course, was incredible. But she was so nervous beforehand. So it starts with me talking about how I felt like she looked like she was going to the dentist when she walked in. And I felt like a dentist, which actually I, I didn't mind. I suppose it's all the blue. I quite like the blue overalls of a dentist. Maybe it's my colour. Um, anyway, here we go. Like a dentist. I feel like... <laughs> you talk like a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have the teeth of a dentist, which is a shame. Because um, this is a bit scary for you. Right? But it's going to be lovely. Is that what dentists say? <laughs> it's not going to hurt. <laughs> it's not going to hurt. So it was Transgender Parent Day yesterday. Prior to recording, Jax, Sharon and I were talking about the fact that ne- none of us knew that it existed. Is that right? Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't know it existed. Never heard of that. Yeah. No. Which is really interesting because it means it's like a, it's a, well, it was founded in 2009 actually, but... I suppose the reason that's interesting is there isn't many resources for parents of trans people, right? No. Um, And it can be it can be such a such uncharted waters for a parent going through that kind of thing. And so it's brilliant. So we're sort of here to try and create a little resource for parents and hear about your stories. It's the first time we're doing something really to put out, you know. And hopefully have an impact on people. So to yes. help, really, exciting, yeah. to help people. So tell me a bit about the first conversation you two had 
about Jack's being trans and, and Jack's, was that late into your own conversations with yourself about it? I always talk about the fact that I didn't understand or realise that I needed to transition until the age of sort of 26, 27 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I look back and I see myself as a child and the decisions that I used to make and the behaviours and the worries and the anxieties, I absolutely knew Mm. from the age of, you know, four or five. I just didn't have the vocabulary to verbalise what I was feeling and I didn't know transitioning existed. So... Mm. It was only the first time we ever had a conversation was when I came back from my military tour Mm. and made the decision to come out of the military and was in probably like one of my worst spaces, like mentally. And I said to my mum, is it, is it because I want to be a boy? Mm. Is it, is that why I'm so depressed? You know, is that what's wrong with me? And in that moment, you know, my mum was like, no. You know, you're this beautiful, athletic, gorgeous woman. You know, she used to call me Miss Congeniality. She's like, you, <laughs> you wouldn't be you if you weren't Jess, you know. And in that moment, that's kind of what we both believed. But, you know, you always say to me now, don't you? If I'd have said, yeah, Jess, you should have been a boy. And mm. then I was, I thought, okay, my mum says it's all right, I'll do it. And then it was the wrong decision. Exactly. She would have never forgive herself. Like right. it had to come from me. Mm. But I think the question in in general had come from years and years of me receiving derogatory comments in, t- in terms of being called a man, mm. you know, through my childhood and in school and even, you know, as a, as a young woman, you know, mm. in women's toilets and all these things. And I used to get that a lot and it used to break my heart, Yeah, which is quite ironic, but you know, it was, it came from that, didn't it? And yeah. I just thought, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, so after we had that first conversation, we, we buried it. I buried it again for another few years. So that was when you were how old? I was 24. Yeah. And how old are you now? 30. So, so you buried it for a couple of years, but interesting that one of your first conversations about whether you wanted to transition was with your mum. Yeah. Which is amazing. So Sharon, do you remember anything about that day, that conversation? I can remember things before that, actually, even when, as Jess, it was coming up to prom day and we was going round and finding the right outfit and thinking, oh, get your nails done and get your makeup done. And we'd be walking from one appointment to another and she would just be looking at me saying, but I look like a man, I look like a boy, I can't. And I, I couldn't tell her enough that you do not look like a boy, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous. You know, and I think from there she really, really tried to feel like she fitted in that female body, but mm. something just wasn't right. Mm. She just did not feel right. Tried all sorts of things to make it feel right. Mm. But I think for me, it was from then. Yeah. And I just, there was a seed there in the back of my mind thinking there's something not quite right. Was there? Yeah. And it was when all your hormones were kicking in. And I think then it was like, yeah. to you, it was like, oof, it was completely upside down. Hormones kicking in as in puberty. Yes. 14, 15, 16, yeah. So you, and this is, you know, no offence, Jax, but that's a little while ago. Like, but um, the, what did you know about transgender people at that point? Nothing at all. Mm. Honestly, nothing at all. Never, because there was nobody in our family or circle of friends that was transgender. It's just something that we didn't look into. Mm-hmm. Was, you know, I didn't need to investigate it because I'd, we were busy, three children, bringing them up. It was not something that I thought, oh, yeah, this is really a thing. I'll go and find out all about that as much as I can. Because it was just a fleeting thing that was in my head, but the seed had been planted. Mm-hmm. 
from then, from growing up, going to college, going to university, no, that's not right. I'll go in the RAF, loved it, no, that's not right. You can look back at it all and think, well, I know why. I know why that happened or mm. I know why then she did this. Mm. You can look back at things and think, it just all fits. Mm -hmm. And now I understand what happened at the time when it did happen. Mm. But then you've, you've no idea. Because you've spoken a bit about Jax being someone who was always seeking things. Yeah. Tell me a bit about that. That's what I mean about feeling as though she didn't fit into something with friends at school when she was 14. She had a lot of friends in school, but again, felt like she was getting called at school. She was very, very sporty and very competitive and, you know, could beat any boy in any mm. sport and was <laughs> determined to. <laughs> I was determined to do it, but then just didn't fit in with the friends and I want to move school so we managed to move schools mm -hmm. within three weeks no mum it's the wrong thing I need to move back right and I was like my god but we did it but it, when I look back at things it was because she couldn't find where she then fitted yeah I don't feel like I fit with the girls I don't feel like I fit with the boys mm. and it was just probably then like I said at that age all the hormones were kicking in but you couldn't understand no. what was going on herself. I was like desperate to find the real me, weren't yeah. I? And, you know, I didn't just come home one day and be like, I want to move school and they let me. It was months and months of me going, no, I want to move school. But there was no reason behind it. Mm -hmm. I just had this, you know, I speak when I believe something and I feel it, I speak with such passion about it that I would be like, I need to move, I need to move, it's right, I need to move. I was just constantly seeking, constantly trying to find the real me mm -hmm. because I always felt like if I go and start again, I can be the real me. I just didn't know what the real me was. Yeah. So then I'd move to a different thing and still be the same and still have the same experiences and still end up in the same environment thinking, well, what, I'll have to go back. Yeah, it's, what's that saying? Wherever you go, you'll find yourself, as in... You can't run away from no, yeah, whatever exactly. it is that's going yeah. on with you. She always felt like, oh, I'll go and do this and that'll be the right thing. Yeah. Mm. That'll sort everything. And then, hmm, don't feel right about this. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. As a family, like, how do you talk about your pronouns and pre-transition and all of that? Because I've noticed with your family, you do refer to Jess and she and stuff. And is that, was that something you discussed or? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, for me, you know, going into this, I knew that it was going to affect everybody. Mm -hmm. 
Like I knew that transitioning doesn't just affect me, it affects everyone around me. And we've always been such a close, strong family that I knew that I wanted to go into that with the most understanding as possible. And, you know, I always say like, they gave birth to a daughter. Mm -hmm. They named that daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, they had thoughts and feelings and dreams about that daughter. They've had 28 years of Jess. That's not just going to go away. And when we were struggling in the beginning and they didn't want to let go of the little girl, mm -hmm. all I was saying was, I I have to do this, otherwise I'm not going to be here. So I don't care if you call me Jess or she for the rest of my life. All I care about is that you try and that you accept that this is what I have to do to be here. And over time, I knew that with time and space and understanding, that would change. Mm. If I just decided that my name was Chris now, mm. they'd be like, what? You know, it's the same thing. It's You've got to allow people that time and that space to understand and learn. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've done over the last three years. You know, we've learned and we still do it. You know, you still yeah. call me Jess or she, yeah. but you're going to. Yeah. Like, it, just put no power in it because it's not malicious. But it's you're normal. very good with that, though, because you allow people to make the mistakes and doesn't even flinch about it because... Yeah. You knew at the beginning where we were upset thinking, what if I say the wrong thing to you? What if mm. I call you Jess? What if I say she? And she said, he said straight away, like that she, it doesn't matter, mum. doesn't mm. matter. I know you're trying mm -hmm. and I know you will always try and we will always try. And three weeks out of four, we get it right and yeah. it's always Jack's. And then one day it might just come time. out. Yeah, from, yeah. you know, he spent 28 years shouting Jess or she or talking about that's, You've got to allow people that, whether they've known you for a year or 30 years. I, mm -hmm. I think by doing that, that allows people to relax and people then learn and change once they're relaxed around you because they know that they can make the mistake and it, it stays with them then. Whereas yeah. when they know they can't, they're always panicking. They're always on edge. You don't have natural conversations. Mm. They end up making more mistakes and then that's, and then you're both uncomfortable and then it's a, da -da, and it, I just didn't want that. I just wanted to be treated the same. I just wanted them to try and just accept me for who I was. And you've always mm. said you don't want to forget Jess. I know it, yeah. No, no I Jess is don't. with us. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Really? Tell me more about that. Yeah, I, I, I speak about Jess in the third person because I never wanted to, you know, I, I said to my family, I'm not killing Jess. She's not gone. Like, I don't want you to delete anything. And I can only speak from my own experience, but I don't want you to get rid of pictures. I don't want you, you know, she's not gone. Mm. Like, she's coming with me. Mm -hmm. I just can't have her be the image. Mm. And over time, that was like, that was exactly right because I'm exactly the same. I'm just naturally happy. Mm -hmm. And it was literally that. It was literally just like I had Jess and Jax as a picture and I just had to go. Put one in front of the other. And that's literally all I needed to do. And Jess is... When, when you come out and you, and I said, I'm transitioning in that moment, what you don't realize is I just lost every, I felt like I'd just lost everything that Jess was, mm -hmm. you know, I'd lost this ex-military rugby playing gay woman, mm -hmm. you know, this whole identity that I'd built for 27 years and I've, I've come out now. So I, ha I have to be Jax, mm -hmm. but I don't know who Jax is yet. And I still look like Jess and I've not started hormones, but I've told you now, so I have to be Jack. So I can't hide behind Jess anymore. And it, at that point was at the in-between point. I was more suicidal than ever. That was hard. And I'm thinking, you're meant to be happy, but but you have to take the time to figure out who Jax is. Mm. Yeah. And over that time, I've brought everything that I loved about Jess and everything that Jess is with me and formed the identity of who I truly am. And I think that's really, for me, that was really, really important yeah. mm. because 
I didn't want to forget 28 years of my life. It's part of my journey. It makes me me. Mm. So mm. it's, I get like quite emotional. Like see Jess as someone who I really just want to go, it's going to be okay. Oh. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm. It's like, no, you've found the right fit and you feel, yeah, this is me, this is right. Yeah. And around that time, so, you know, Jax has decided that Jax is Jax. Yeah. But actually you were saying in a way you were, it was hardest for you at that point. What was that point like for you, Sharon? Um, that was hard because you can see your child hurting, yeah, going through something that you can help, but you can't help. You just feel like, I just want to fix it. I just want to fix it today and everything be all right for you. And that's all we could do was be there and just show Jax that whatever he needed, we were there. He had all our love, all our support. He was safe. Whatever he was going through, we was on this journey with him. So that's the only way for us. We felt we could deal with it and support support our child on this journey. Mm. Help any way we could. We're here. It's amazing. Talk. And what does it feel like to know there's something up with your kid? What was school like before all of that? And you were just a different kid, right? Like, that's tough. And what's that like to watch your child go through it and know that there's something, but you don't know what it is? I, we had a conversation about this the other week, didn't yeah. we? I can't really access what it was like at school for me. Mm. I've got little bits, but a lot of, a lot of things went on at school, whether that was, you know, types of bullying, mental bullying or being called a man and feeling these things and being anxious and yeah. running out of shops because I couldn't stand picking clothes and all these things. Mm. I remember these things, but I, I it's like, I can't access them. And mm. I think I've, I think I've like blocked, blocked it out it because out. it was the time in my life where I was, I, I just didn't feel okay. I didn't feel comfortable at all. So my mum knows way more about <laughs> about <laughs> school than I do. Yeah. From being little, like being in junior school growing up, I think we always just knew that Jess is a tomboy mm. because I always wanted boys things, even going into like a big shop like Toys R Us one day for her birthday and wanted to buy this big pink Barbie car and... She wouldn't get out of this tractor. She would not get out of this great big tractor. The biggest thing you could find in Toys R Us. And guess what? We ended up coming home with that and she played with it for years. She wouldn't go anywhere near anything that was pink. Played football, play rugby. I'll go and play golf. Don't want to do anything else that's girly. Um, But going for clothes, like that side, what you've always said, would just always pick something that was boyish. Yeah. but didn't feel right in the girl things, but didn't understand that. And I remember one day, um, one of my cousins got married and then Jess and my other daughter, Nicola, were both bridesmaids. So they had to wear this gorgeous dress and she just wanted to go in this football kit. <laughs> Can't do that today, darling. You've got to wear this dress, please. Just for one day, you've got to wear it. Cried all day. And then that night at the reception, we said, right, come on, we'll just take you to the toilets, get you all, you know, make sure you feel okay. I just went like that to lift a dress up to fix the undergown and she had these football shorts on underneath, <laughs> which I didn't even know. And she'd had them on all day. And I thought, oh my God. But we all laughed about it all night. Yes. That was just, that's who she was. Determination was, well, I'm putting something on that's boyish. So these football <laughs> shorts were on. I love that. But we didn't have a clue. It makes me quite emotional listening to that story because like being able to look back at that now, and see that kid there must have been so much going on with me like it makes me feel the pain yes well someone said this thing about because I've got an 18 month year old 
Someone was explaining something to me about ba- like toddlers saying they have needs, not wants. Someone was talking about like a, an 18-month-year-old kid being like manipulative, like going, oh, they're not really crying or they're da 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 And I was like, I don't really... I don't really buy into that. I think like if they're saying if they're saying they want something, just try and address that. Don't like try and imagine there's a veneer of them trying to manipulate you. You know, <laughs> we've got teenage years for that. But you basically operate on instinct, don't you? Yeah. And that's your instinct is mm-hmm. like you want to wear those football shorts and you don't want to wear the bridesmaid dress. And I think back to like, so when we would go to Toys R Us, I would want the doll. And my dad was so cool, he'd just get me the doll. And he would like actually kind of protect me from people's reactions. And he was just so cool with it. But it's like, for a parent who does like what you did and what my dad did. Yeah, that's amazing. I can't tell you how it's like a pillar of love is created. It's so incredible that there are parents out there doing that. And also, I think it's important to say to parents who are wondering, that is all you need to do. Just like follow their lead, right? Like all I, when people ask me, what do people need in a family? What do people need from a parent? What do people need from an employer? Mm. You know, all anybody needs is to feel loved, accepted and safe. And if you do that and you provide that, they will thrive Mm -hmm. because they know that they're in a safe space to just be themselves. And if you change your mind, that's all right. If you want to play with a doll, play with a doll. If you like that forever, that's fantastic. If you Mm. change to action man next week, that's fine. And you'll figure that out as you grow up. But then for you, Sharon, like who, who was teaching you to be lovely and accepting like that? What discussions were you having with your husband? Because often it's the men who have more challenges around that stuff. I think he loved it because I just, yeah. just beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just something that she was our daughter. That's how she was. It just wasn't a problem. It was just mm. like, Jess, this is how Jess is. Mm. You know, she was still loving and fantastic and cuddle you and... It's not as though she was like, oh, my boy, I'm not going to touch you. I don't cuddle, I don't kiss. It was nothing like that. We just loved her the way she was. Yeah. You know, she was just, you just accept your child for the way they are because they're yours. But also, I suppose, because there is a language around tomboys, right? So you're like, I can identify that. And then, yeah, yeah. You know, but then when you sit down with Jax, fast forwarding now to a few years later and you're having that first conversation about maybe I am a boy were your words that is that was uncharted waters at the time right take me through from a parent's perspective a bit what that was like because that's the thing that parents don't have the resources for yet I think the first thing that she as Jess then did say to us was I think it was when you'd just gone into the RAF, yeah, she came home one day and she said, I, I just need to talk to your mum and dad and obviously two other children, Nick and Tez, and can we all just sit down and talk? And so we did that, we was all sat around the dining room table, right, come on, what's wrong? What do you want to talk about? And uh, she just burst out crying and she said, I, I've just got to tell you I'm gay. And we just all looked at each other and then looked back at her and said, and, is that it? Yeah. And she just looked at us all and said, what? I said, we all knew that, so what? <laughs> and Tess, who's the smallest, he's 24 now, but little brother at the time, just said... Like 10 years ago now, isn't it? Can I go back and play on my PlayStation? No, <laughs> is that all it is? So it was just yeah. like, to you at the time, it was like this terrifying. great big terrifying thing that, God, what my mum and dad say? But to us, it was just like, okay, mm. that's who you are, that's who you are. Yeah, we we kind of knew that anyway. Yeah, We'd fathomed it out, you just hadn't got there yet. Mm-hmm. And we're fine with it. Mm-hmm. To us, it wasn't a big deal, but to you, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, thank God, the relief. Yes. Yeah. And that was fine for a while. 
Yeah. But then in your mind, it, you just knew that wasn't all. But I think you was trying to yeah, find I out mean, who you was. That was definitely not in my mind. You know, that, that thought was not in my mind. What, like being trans? Yeah, right. because I didn't know or believe it was a thing. You know, I, I always say to people now, you know, people hear the word transgender and just instantly think a man in a dress. Mm. because of years and years of clumsy representation in the media where it's always the prostitute that gets murdered. It's always the big burly man in the dress who's the trans woman. Yeah. And that's what people think instantly. And there wasn't the visibility and the representation. So I didn't know what it was. All I knew was I had bad mental health <laughs> and I was constantly trying to fill a void. And when I joined the military, it filled a lot of those things because it kept me so busy mm -hmm. physically, mentally. I was in a uniform, so I didn't have to decide what to wear. Yeah. It made me stand tall. It made me stand proud. I felt tough. I felt strong. Felt like I was in fitted, a stereotypically masculine role. Mm. I was suddenly around, suddenly surrounded by all these confident, strong, independent, powerful women, women. who mm. were gay. Mm. who owned that and they knew the self and they dressed like me, you know, they didn't dress really boyish, but they didn't dress really girly. And mm. they were just, and I just thought, Oh my God, this is, this is me. You know, this is, this is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I was terrified to come and come out because I didn't know any gay women in Wigan 10 years ago. Yeah. So I thought, well, this is the RF world. What, what's Wigan going to think? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I mean, I was squeezing my sister's hand, like terrified. I had it tattooed on me because I was just like, when you come out and you know, you can relate, there's always a tiny percentage of you that goes, what if they disown me? Yeah. Yeah. No matter how much we know that we, we all love each other and we're the strongest family ever, but what if they're not okay? What if they're not okay? But also what if I'm wrong? You know, like, I don't think you ever know, like, you do know, but at the same time, you, in big decisions and big announcements, yeah. you can be like, that's the right thing. Yeah, <laughs> I remember, yeah. like, when I came out, I was like, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think I am, you know, and yeah. then obviously it turns out I was right. But, like, it's, you're not, people come to you like you're certain. Actually, it's why I love what you said earlier when you said, when you come out as trans, it's the beginning of a journey for you. Whereas, actually, what people do in the media to trans people is be like, well, what are you? You know, yeah. it's like, no offense, but I, have, I haven't got a clue because no. I'm just beginning this journey. And if I've just come out, I'm now going to start yeah. on, you know, a medical transition. If I want to, but I might not want to. I need to work all that out. But the whole movement around like trans people who don't have any kind of physical or medical transition and all of the, the beautiful yeah. spectrum, yeah. you know, like yeah. you can be part of that. It's all there to be discovered at that time. It's an important thing to say because it's a moment that you're all of a, a little moment of discovery together, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then there isn't just one way to be trans. And I think yeah. that's that people don't realize that, you know, people ask me all the time, oh, have, you, have you gone the whole hog? Mm. And I'm and I'm just like, <laughs> and you know, luckily I'm someone who doesn't impact at all. I'm just like, well, for me, you know, whatever. And I wouldn't really advise asking someone that and yeah. to try and help people learn because I know it's not coming from a bad place. Mm. But, you know, some people take hormones and don't have surgery. Some people have surgery and don't take hormones. Some people don't have anything but want to identify differently. Some people want to have absolutely everything possible and to feel aligned with themselves. Mm. There's no right but, or wrong, is there? It's what no. you yeah. feel. It's what, what's right for you yeah. as a person. And what, you know, going back to, to my mum and, and my family, what they've taught me is what unconditional love is. Mm. You amazing. know, and we was having the conversation with my dad the other day People say, you know, and all these politicians and people who are against transitioning, all these things, you love you love your kids unconditionally, but they can't be trans. Mm. 
well, that's not unconditional then. No. You know, and that people, I think, need to realise what unconditional love yeah. actually is. You know, yes. they're, they're your child. That's the only question I would ever ask someone, which is, well, what happens if, if your child comes to you tomorrow and says, I either take my own life or I transition, what's your answer then? Yeah. Because that's all it comes down to. End of pop. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. One, more of that on the feed, part two. Go get it. Powered by Spirit Studios.